bars and hoops, Lamont swoops back alley cats, the back door cuts with alley oops, posting up. You on block or Mike and both and kick it out to one who likes to shoot. Oh yeah, said we merging them. Got 50 with a surgeon and some throwbacks like Snoop Dogg with Magic Irvin's and some more in like Master P and Dr. Irvin playing. Or how about maybe a little Wayne speaking on bird back then? Balls and hoops, y'all. We hitting up all courts. But now with the sports talk, next we talk all sports back to it. Got Jada and Jamal Croft, haters get crossed out, crossed up across all actual facts, points of view that you've never seen from your favorite artists like talking about Jeffrey Green or Gerald Wallace, whoever's on your favorite team, El Amino the versus still be great on the name for B&H. Drake's opinion on spates, one synopsis of Blake, tip on Horford's fate, the facts we giving them straight, the truth they shitting on tape, who sports snakes for a sake, so true or you can debate on who you really done rate, come through it really be great, the true the fact like a state, AAM on Prime 8, please remember, bars and hoops, the center of the hood, make it part of your agenda. What up, what up, what up, y'all? Balls and Hoops, Steals the Great, episode 42. Today's topic, man, is, is a real touchy subject around these parts of New York, man. Today I'm flying solo, you know, because I got a lot to say and I got a lot on my mind and I feel like what I'm gonna say needs to be said because it's not being said and I think that a lot of people's opinion and thoughts on this issue is mainly made out of emotion. So I just wanted to clear up a little bit of how I'm feeling about this whole Eli Manning situation with the benching and what the team is doing and you know what their thought process is moving forward. And you know, I for one, I've been on record to say that I don't feel any way behind the decision that they did make. You know what I mean? I, I feel like it was a business decision. Could the timing have been a little bit better? Of course, but nobody expected the team to be, you know, two and nine heading into week 13 of the NFL season. You know, that's pretty much unexcusable. You know what I mean? The team, this is an epic fail and it doesn't all fall on Eli Manning's shoulders. You know, this is clearly on on um, ownership and it's definitely a, a, an indictment on Jerry Reese as a GM. You know what I mean? Ben McAdoo wasn't the best coach for the job. You know, he was young. I think the Giants were reaching with a young coach and he lost control of the locker room and here we are today with the team sitting at a two and nine record. But, you know, I can't, you know, not mention the fact that injuries plays a great part of what's wrong with this team currently. That that goes without saying, but that also goes to pretty much support what I'm about to say. If 50 to 60% of your team is decimated by injuries and a majority of the injuries comes from your offensive line, which was already terrible when it was healthy, why would you keep Eli Manning on the field moving forward? You know, it really makes no sense. If you have that much respect for him, you know, you should take him off the field because the narrative can quickly change if you keep him on the field in a meaningless season, in his prime, well, at the back end of his career, and he gets injured, the, the narrative quickly turns to, oh, the Giants, they're numbskulls. Why would you keep a franchise quarterback in meaningless games, and now he's hurt, and he's never been hurt in, in, in his career? You know, the narrative can quickly change to that. So what the Giants are doing is the right thing. You know what I mean? They're protecting Eli from himself, and quite frankly, they do need to see what they have. Now, you know, the whole Geno situation, 
you know, I can understand why people feel like, okay, it's Geno Smith. We already seen what he could do with the Jets, but he was on the Jets. We seen him on an incomplete team on the Jets as well. And, you know, the media has already created this narrative when it comes to Geno Smith that, you know, I, I feel like, you know, it's like they don't want him to succeed. You know, so I kind of feel for Geno. You know, at the end of the day, he's coming into a situation where, you know, it's the same type of thing with the Jets. You don't have anybody around you, but they invested in you. They paid money for you. So I guess apparently they want to see what he can do in game action when it actually means something. Because these teams that they'll be playing moving forward are all teams that are playing for playoff positioning and playing for their jobs as well. So that remains to be seen you know, what Gino can bring to the table. But with that being said, back to Eli Manning. A lot of people are looking at the fact that the Giants pulled him when he had a current game streak of 210 straight games. So what? At the end of the day, it's a streak that it doesn't really mean anything because it's not breaking any NFL records. From, what I, from my understanding, Brett Favre holds that record and Eli Manning wasn't catching that record anytime soon. You know what I mean? That's one thing. Two, it goes back to what I said with the offensive line. Their offensive line is decimated. You know what I mean? You're playing with third and fourth stringers and practice squad players protecting your, your so-called franchise quarterback. So why would you want to put yourself in that position as a, Hall of Fame, a future Hall of Fame quarterback or as a franchise quarterback? It makes more sense for you to not want to be out there and get hurt. Three, our wide receiver core was decimated after week five. We lost Brandon Marshall. We lost Odell Beckham Jr. We lost Sterling Shepard all in one game. You know, Sterling Shepard is back. Evan Ingram has progressed very well. You know, he has a bright future here in New York. But Eli's also playing with practice squad guys in a real-time real game. It makes no sense across the board. You know what I mean? People are making this argument for Eli out of emotion. They're not taking the fact that this is a business at the end of the day. Football is a business. Nobody sits and complains when owners trade players that have been loyal to the franchise for umpteen years, putting their lives and their bodies on the line every play, you know, and then they turn around and get traded. Nobody's outraged when the owners do that. But the fact that the ownership is, is basically protecting this guy, regardless of the fact of how it may look in the media as an embarrassment and, oh, he's won two Super Bowls, this, that, and the third. Man, they're protecting, they're protecting this guy from himself and from injury at the end of the day. It was a business decision. They invested a third-round pick into a quarterback just last season. You know what I mean? So people do need to see what Davis Webb can do. You know what I mean? Before you go into the draft thinking, hey, we need another quarterback. No, we didn't get to see Davis Webb because we had Eli Manning here. So people quick to rush to judgment about what Davis Webb is and what he isn't. You can't judge anything on anything because Eli Manning has been here, regardless of the fact. Point blank, period. You know what I mean? You can't give a fair assessment on him because you haven't seen him in any meaningful games. And to be quite honest with you, these will be some meaningful games headed towards the end of the season. You got guys and teams playing for their, their, their careers, and you got teams that's playing for playoff position. So the Giants are going to get teams' best punch moving forward. So you have to have these guys like Geno and Davis Webb, or not, not so much Geno, 
But then again, from a business aspect, you should have a guy like Gino out there because he can be a cheap backup for the potential starter if you do decide to move on from Eli Manning or move Davis Webb into the number one position moving forward. So it's a business decision that had to be made. You know what I mean? If I invested a third round pick in a player that was tutored as Eli's potential replacement, I need to see what he can do in real time game action. Not preseason, not when the offseason is over, not, not, to ex not to experiment in the offseason or to wait until a new regime comes in because the bottom line is, is that's not that's not good for business because now you're going into the draft potentially feeling a need that you may already have. When you Giants have so many other needs, they need a running back that's dynamic. You know the running backs that they have here? No, they, they don't cut it. Me personally, I like Saquon Barkley from Penn State. He's a dynamic running back. He's a one-of-a-kind running back that doesn't come along, you know, often. I mean, does he have flaws? Yes. Constantly trying to hurdle players. I mean, in the NFL, he can really hurt yourself, young brother, if you're listening. You know, but other than that, he has dynamic skills. That's one position that we need, a running back. We need to shore up that offensive line. Now, you're not going to be able to do it all through the draft, but you can get some, some, uh, some key components and key players to fill the void at offensive line, you know, in the draft. And then you have to do some great work in free agency. You have to. The Giants have a lot of work to do, and it's not just at quarterback. It's at offensive line, you know, some of the defensive players that are veterans, you're going to have to make decisions with them as well because it's clear that you're going to be in a rebuilding mode. Janoris Jenkins, he's already gotten over New York. You know, Ben McAdoo has created a toxic environment in that locker room, you know, putting players against one another. You know, you got, you got a lot of questions you got to answer, both on offense and defense. And, you know, quite frankly, it doesn't end with Eli Manning's benching. And I feel like a lot of people are really jumping out of the window with this situation. But back to Eli. With Eli at quarterback, has the Giant had some success? Yes. We won two Super Bowls with Eli. You can't deny that. You know, we've had some strong defenses and running games to support his skill as a quarterback and some wide receivers. And we had, quite frankly, some luck that went our way in, in both of those Super Bowl wins. You know what I mean? So, you know, Eli, it was the perfect storm. I can't say that Eli didn't contribute to the wins because he had to pass the ball in those key situations, and he has. But when you look at the Giants' overall record, I'm just going to give you the history of Eli as a New York Giant quarterback. Everybody remembers the infamous him forcing his way to New York, him and his dad, Archie. They forced their way to New York because they didn't want to play for the Chargers at the time. you know. And they forced their way to New York, and Eli Manning came to New York, and he came in, and the Giants at that time replaced a Hall of Fame quarterback in Kurt Warner. I was outraged, and, I, you know, I have a love-hate relationship for Eli Manning because I always felt like he wasn't ready to step in right away over Kurt Warner, who was a proven Super Bowl champion, and we had some good pieces that Kurt Warner would have fit well with. But the Giants organization chose to go with Eli. They went with Eli, and in season one, the team went 6-10. and ten under Eli's tutelage. They didn't make the playoffs, obviously. In 05, the Giants went 11-5. Wild card loss to the Carolina Panthers. They made it to the playoffs and lost in the wild card to the Carolina Panthers. 06, they finished with a record of 8-8. Eight and eight. They made the playoffs because the division was just that bad. You know, they made the division. They won the division at 8-8. Eight and eight. And they lost in the wild card game 
to the um, Philadelphia Eagles, 23 to 20. 07, the Giants went 10 and six. That was the infamous year we went on that run. We had the three-headed monster at running back. You know, David Tyree with the outstanding catch, you know, against the Patriots off of his helmet. Led to Plaxico Burris getting that touchdown in the end zone from Eli Manning. The Giants win the Super Bowl. Eli Manning is the MVP, 07. The very next season, the Giants came out strong in 08. They had a record of 12 and four. They lost the divisional playoff game to the Philadelphia Eagles. 2009, the Giants went eight and eight. 2010, the Giants went 10 and six. Missed the playoffs in both years. 2011, the Giants went nine and seven. They went on an infamous run again to face the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Eli Manning ends up being the MVP again and another Outstanding catch was made by Mario Manningham along the sidelines that set up the Giants to win that championship as well. 2012, the Giants finished nine and seven, missed the playoffs. 2013, the Giants finished seven and nine, missed the playoffs. 2014, the Giants finished six and 10, missed the playoffs. 2015, the Giants went six and 10, missed the playoffs. You see the trend? Like they've had far more Horrible seasons than great seasons under Eli. And that's not all Eli Manning's fault. Don't get me wrong. You know, a lot of it has to deal with management and the way that Jerry Reese handles situations. But at the end of the day, you can't sit there and act like, you know, Eli was this great NFL quarterback like Tom Brady here in New York. He wasn't. Don't get me wrong. I'm not comparing him to Brady at all. Eli was good for New York. He did a lot for the franchise. He did a lot for the fan base. He showed up every week and played. But let's not sit here and act like it's been all roses. You know what I mean? As I said, from 2012 to 2015, the Giants have missed the playoffs. That's four straight seasons after that Super Bowl win. You know, they made it to the playoffs in 2016 with an 11-5 record with a new coach. The schedule was soft. You know, let's not front like it was like a, they were facing a lot of great teams. The schedule was soft. They took advantage of it. They had a great defense, you know, that was bought for $200 million. They came and did their thing, but they lost in a wild card game to Green Bay, and they got trounced in Lambeau Field, 38-13. to You know, that wasn't Eli's best game either, and Odell laid an egg as well. So I can't just put it all on Eli. You know, a lot of the other teammates didn't show up as well either, you know. In this season of 2017, the Giants are 2-9, and nine, heading into a week where they're going into Oakland to face a tough Raiders team that has something to play for. You know, this is right by far the worst season that I've witnessed in Giants history. And this is probably one of the worst seasons that they've had in team history. This is why we're in uncharted territory, and this is why they're reacting the way that they reacted with this whole Eli Manning situation. For one, it doesn't make any sense for him to sit here and play out the season because at the end of the day, the team isn't going anywhere anyway. So why, why risk putting him out there for a team that's going nowhere just to keep a streak alive? That's very selfish. You know what I mean? Of course he's going to say, oh, no, nah, I don't want to uh, start the game and then sit down in the second half because I want the young guys to play. Of course he's not going to admit that he would have loved to play the game because he didn't want to make it seem like it was a personal accolade that he wanted to keep going. That streak means nothing at the end of the day to this franchise. You know what I mean? And I hate to say it like that. It's not doing anything for the franchise moving forward. Eli Manning finishing 
you know, with whatever his streak would have finished with, like him not ever missing a game in franchise history, that's cool. But at the end of the day, it's a business. And as a business owner and an a owner, you would have to think that way for your business and your best interest at the end of the day. Eli's been compensated very well. You know, he's also done the Giants favors by restructuring his contract, you know, but he still got his money. You know what I mean? So him sitting is not a bad thing. This is actually a good thing for the future of the organization. Because again, like I said, you need to know and you need to evaluate everybody at the highest level that you can heading into this draft that's coming up. You know what I mean? You know, they say that it's a lot of franchise quarterbacks in this draft, but I don't know, man. You know, when people throw that word around, look at all these guys like Deshaun Kaiser and these guys that's playing now. The only one that really, that really did his thing in his, in his rookie season and it's sad that his season was ended by injury was Deshaun Watson. Now, is there any Deshaun Watsons in this draft? I'm not sure. I don't really watch college football that way, but at the end of the day, I would go with the sure thing at the other positions before I reach for a quarterback at number one, two, or three. Because you had franchises drafting quarterbacks for ages, and they still don't have a quarterback. So it's not, it's not the end-all, be-all for the Giants if they don't draft a quarterback in this draft. You got a bunch of journeymen in the league that can potentially help the team moving forward with the weapons that they have on offense already. If, if Odell Beckham comes back healthy next year, you know, the team will fare very well. You know, Sterling Shepard, he has another season under him. They'll fare very well. Evan Ingram, another season under him. They'll be good at the two wide receiver positions and the tight end position. They need to show up their offensive line. They need to get uh, a better running back. You know, they need to fire the coach without a doubt. Ben McAdoo has been an epic fail. His offense is vanilla. It looks like he's playing Tech Mobile when everybody else is playing uh, Madden 2017. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's just a disaster from the top on down. Jerry Reese, he definitely has to go. You know, the team that he inherited came from Ernie Acosti. You know, he made some minor adjustments moving along, but then everything after that Ernie Acosti era and um, Reese taking the helm and, you know, actually drafting players and missing on numerous players in drafts. Like, we have no core group of any players that he's drafted over the last five years. I mean, he's gotten it right with Landon Collins and Odell Beckham Jr., now with Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram. But what about those other years with those guys that we drafted? Some of them have never even touched the field. You know, I forgot the one guy, he was a cornerback out of um, LSU. After he got signed, he, uh, he pretty much got into a motorcycle accident, ruined his career. That was a wasted draft pick. Prince of Mukamara, wasted draft pick. You know, it's looking like uh, uh, Eli Apple, wasted draft pick. And now he's becoming a headache and a distraction. You know, his mom is even going in the media and saying things. So Jerry Reese is not excluded from the blame. You know what I mean? The way that they handled this whole Eli Manning situation is partly his, his doing, but it's coming from the top. It's coming from the Maras and the Tishes. It's not coming from Ben McAdoo and and Jerry Reese. I think that they already know that they're getting rid of everybody, but the Giants don't handle business that way. You know what I mean? This is the first time that they've ever handled a situation this way at quarterback. You know what I mean? 
I think if I can remember, Phil Simms went out with uh, injury. Jeff Hostetler came in and helped the Giants win that Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So that's how that torch got passed. But it's a business at the end of the day, man. And people aren't taking it as that. People are taking it as, oh, it's a personal attack on Eli. They're disrespecting him. This man has played every every game for them and hasn't complained about the people around him. He's just been a great soldier. Man, listen, man, Eli has a lot of flaws. You know what I mean? If you can remember in the in his beginning in the beginning of his career, you know, Amani Tuma. Jeremy Shockey, Tiki Barber, they all had issues with this guy because of his inaccuracy and the fact that he would put receivers out there to put their bodies on the line to catch errant passes that he's thrown. And to this day, he still makes silly decisions that a veteran quarterback shouldn't be making. This is all facts. You can watch games and you hear the commentators saying like a quarterback in the year that Eli's in the year of playing of his career shouldn't be making these type of errors at this point in his career and he still does you know what i mean like let's be real here like people need to take the wool over there or from off of their eyes and really look at the situation for it for what it is the giants are doing what they need to do for the best of their organization eli manning has been a loyal soldier great soldier for the organization he's been compensated he's won super bowls here they gave him enough respect you know what i mean and i don't think that this situation is a disrespect to him you know what I mean? They offered him the opportunity to play. He said he didn't want to play because he'd rather not jeopardize his streak knowing that he's going to end up coming out of the game anyway. So on one end, he didn't want to look selfish. On the other end, you got to deal with it. It is what it is. It's time to evaluate other guys. We're looking at other wide receivers that can possibly come and fill the void. So we may not have to draft other wide receivers moving forward. You know what I mean? Whoever's coming in, the new GM that's coming in, I think the Giants already know who they want to bring in, but the new person that's coming in will already have an understanding and a feeling for who's who. They're going to see on tapes of what guys actually laid it out all on the line when the team was going nowhere and they knew they really had nothing to play for. These guys are playing for their next contract. You know what I mean? You need to see who deserves to stick around and who needs to be uh, sent, sent packing. Now, me... You know, looking at the Giants situation moving forward and with this whole situation with um, Eli Manning, um, you know, obviously it's not a good situation. Obviously, it's a messy situation. Um, you know, Eli's dad is probably trying to convince him, just like he convinced him to come to New York, to probably weigh your options and go somewhere else. Hey, look at Peyton Manning. Everybody thought that he would be in Indianapolis for the rest of his career. Guess what? It didn't work that way. He went to Denver. He was a shell of himself. Rode that defense in that running game to another championship. Everybody knows how Tom Conflin feels about Eli Manning. He treats him like that's his second son. Why not send Eli to Jacksonville? I'm pretty sure that Conflin would take Eli in Jacksonville in a heartbeat. Why not? It's warm. You know, Eli doesn't have to worry about, you know, the New York media. You know, he gets to work with a young team with a great defense you know, and work with his own former coach that understands him. You know what I mean? So it's options for Eli if he doesn't retire a giant. If he doesn't, that's cool. Every team goes through a rebuilding process and every team goes through their ups and downs. Right now, we're on a down point, you know, and we're on a down point because our front office failed us. You know what I mean? So after this, who knows? Eli may definitely say, you know what? 
nah, I can either y'all can either cut me or send me where I want to go. You know what I mean? Either way, I'm gonna get my money. You know what I mean? And at the way it sounds, it sounds like that's exactly what's gonna happen. You know, he's gonna end up leaving New York, going somewhere else, and really leaving the team to dry because. Obviously, even if the Giants do go into the draft and draft the quarterback, he wasn't coming in on day one and starting. Well, maybe let me rephrase that. We don't know if he would have been able to come in on day one and start. We don't know that. You know what I mean? We definitely don't know that. But Eli would have been here, had things gone different to mentor whoever it is that was drafted, even if he wasn't drafted to take his place. But the reality is, is that it's time, you know, to start looking in other directions. And the way that Reese and everybody put it out there, they kind of try to prepare everybody for it. You know, Eli has been extremely inaccurate at times. You know what I mean? He's not an elite quarterback. When I look at Eli, I don't look at him as like a Drew Brees or, you know, a Peyton Manning or a Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Like guys that you know is just confident or Aaron Rodgers that you know every game is guaranteeing you at least three touchdowns, 400 and something yards, no picks, maybe one pick, and they make smart decisions with the football when under pressure. You don't get that from Eli. And Tom Brady, I can't say that he's great under pressure. He's always had a great offensive line around him. So I can exclude him from that group that I just mentioned. But even Peyton at times realized that he had to get mobile and move around and wasn't just a sitting duck traditional quarterback. Today's quarterback has to be nimble and agile. Look at Aaron Rodgers, look at Russell Wilson. You know what I mean? Look at Deshaun Watson, Drew Brees. These guys move in the pocket, even Jameis Winston. You know, look at Ben Roethlisberger. These guys are guys that, you know, moved around in the pocket. They weren't just sitting ducks waiting on the offensive line just to block, block, block. The defensive players of today are too athletic and too good. Granted, our offensive line was terrible, so I can't put it all on Eli for not being mobile enough to move, but the offense didn't fit him. I mean, it changed his mechanics and, and helped him try to get rid of the ball faster, but at the end of the day, you can't, you can't teach mobility if that was never in your repertoire. And that's what the Giants are facing. You know, it's time for them to start looking for a new quarterback that can potentially take the reins here in New York. You know, regardless of how it went down, it was a business decision that had to be made and the team has to evaluate players accordingly so that they can make good decisions when the NFL draft happens. You know what I mean? You can't knock that. You have to respect that. And I hate when people say, oh, you're not a real fan and you don't respect what Eli's done. Man, I respect everything that he's done. I'm grateful. Eli's got me to two parades. I've seen four Giants championships in my lifetime and two parades. I've been to two parades. You know what I mean? That's good for me. You know what I mean? But I'm not going to sit here and act like, you know, Eli's the end-all, be-all. You know what I mean? He's not. You know, the Giants have to do business-wise what they have to do for the betterment of their franchise. Now, I'm about to sort of flip the script a little bit, and it may rub a lot of people wrong and it may piss a lot of people off but another reason why I don't feel any type of railway behind the situation because at the end of the day Eli's still getting compensated and he's still on the NFL team regardless of the decision that management made whereas on the other hand Colin Kaepernick still doesn't have a job yeah I said it 
Colin Kaepernick still doesn't have a job. And all he did was exercise his right, had a silent protest. And everybody's more outraged to me about Eli Manning being disrespected for the years that he gave a city playing football than the fact that Colin Kaepernick basically sacrificed his whole livelihood and is being punished for that by these NFL owners. You know, a lot of people stop watching the game, and I commend y'all for not watching the game, and you have every right to do so. But again, I hope that, you know, Colin Kaepernick's message doesn't get lost and everything because the same thing that you're sitting here um, protesting and standing with him for is not an overnight fix. And I don't want to be, you know, bearer of bad news or Mr. Negative or anything, but I just hope that, you know, people that are protesting, you have every right to do that, is um, also looking at that aspect of what he really stood for and what he really kneeled for, you know what I mean? It was basically about social justice issues. So now, if he turns around and gets a job in the NFL, you're you gonna go back to watching football again? You know what I mean? But that's neither here nor there. But I'm more outraged at the fact that people are more outraged at the fact that Eli Manning is being benched than Colin Kaepernick actually not having a job in the NFL for basically exercising his right, freedom of speech and freedom to do whatever he wants to do. He didn't do anything violently and he's being punished for that. So in a nutshell, I'm just going to say this, man. The Giants, you know, moving forward, it's going to be some bumps in the road. You know what I mean? The situation with Eli is not a good situation by any stretch of the means, but it's a situation that had to happen. And I'd rather it happen during, during, during a losing season than during an off season of trying to figure everything out. At least we go, at least we know for sure going into the off season, or we have the p potential to understand what we need going into the offseason as to waiting in the offseason and then saying, hey, let's give this quarterback a shot during training camp and preseason, and we just end up drafting for needs at positions that we don't really need. You know what I mean? That's why I'm not so upset about this whole situation. You grab the bull by the horns early. You don't sit here, wait, and play the what-if, the what-if game. Oh, maybe this or maybe that can happen. No. We see what it is. The team isn't going anywhere now. We got a perfect opportunity to see what we have. Let's exercise that opportunity and move forward in the best way that we can, even if it's not with the current coach or the current GM. At least ownership will have an understanding of what they're missing, and they'll know exactly who to target to cater to what they have moving forward. And it's only the right thing to do. It's smart. It's a smart thing to do. As, as bad as the decision is to kind of embarrass Eli in a sense by sitting him, you know, it's actually a good thing for the organization. It's a great thing for Eli because you're not putting yourself in harm's way every week. The offensive line wasn't protecting you. You could have gotten injured and that could have hindered your career moving forward. So they did him a favor. At the end of the day, it's a touchy situation, but it's a situation that had to happen here in New York and I'm standing by it. It may not be the most popular decision. People may be outraged behind it. I don't know why, he's still getting paid. Colin Kaepernick isn't getting paid, but hey, whatever floats your boat, 
Whatever grinds your gears or gets you going, that's on you. But the fact of the matter is, Eli Manning is all right. He's going to be all right moving from this situation. The win streak is very selfish if that's something that people are, are sitting there and um, pointing out. Like, that's a personal accolade. That's not a team accolade. This is a team sport. You know what I mean? And as much as he wanted to play because of that streak, it would have looked very selfish if he would have said, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll just start the game and then sit down. No. At the end of the day, it is what it is, man. It's a business decision. Your personal streak and your personal accolades don't have anything to do with the franchise moving forward. They compensated you very well. You know, you've been a successful quarterback in here. Even though it doesn't really show in the records, we got two Super Bowls with them. And that's it. Sometimes, you know, you can't rely on what you've done in the past. It's always what have you done for me lately in this world. And unfortunately, that's what it is. You know what I mean? There are going to be plenty of Eli Manners to walk through that door, even after I'm gone. The fact of the matter is, is that the Giants need to get ahead of the curb now, and that's what they're doing. And I think I, I agree with, with their decision of moving forward and possibly looking for either Eli's replacement or evaluating the team as a whole because there's a lot of holes that need to be filled and there's a lot of people that's going to be evaluated at the season's end and I, I, I expect a lot of heads to be rolling moving forward. So on that note, you know what I mean? I'm off of my little soapbox and my rant. I had to fly solo today. My co-host, Zai Flair, you know, he's not here, in, uh, but he's here in spirit. And I just had to get my personal rant and everything off my chest. So, you know, it's a short episode. Bars and Hoops, episode 42. Stills the Great, signing off. Peace.